0: Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, September twenty eighth. eighth. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the Kavanaugh hearing and local reaction, status of ballot issues, and maybe other election topics, and legislative corruption favorite topic.
1: Yeah, well, there's lots of it. <clears throat>
0: So uh, I imagine everyone who was able to, uh, who's probably listening to us, watched the Kavanaugh hearing yesterday.
1: Well, I wondered about that. I mean, to me, it was incredibly gripping. I watched every hour yesterday and and the weird developments today. Should be cool. Were others so fascinated? I I, I would hope so because it was a, a compelling view of governance at work I think a lot of women certainly were gripped by it and, and I think more so than men of course a lot of men I think felt nervous about the notion that the things you had done in the past even long ago could come back to haunt you a couple of things Christine Blazy Ford who said that Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge assaulted her 35 years ago was a perfect witness she was attractive she was well-spoken She was seemingly sure about what she was sure about and and not sure about what she wasn't sure about. Uh, She handled questions well. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh was disastrous in my view in one respect because I thought he illustrated with his angry rant just how unsuited he is for the bench, apart from whether the sexual assault allegations are true. He's a partisan operator. He tried to make this into some kind of political hit job on him when Neil Gorsuch faced no such treatment because apparently he's never sexually assaulted anyone or been accused of it. Uh, but but that was exactly the right note for, for Kavanaugh to strike in terms of Donald Trump, who wanted just this kind of thing, deny, 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 and as a sexual assaulter himself, of course, had some great degree of sympathy with Kavanaugh in the first place. Well, uh, I... Lindsey Graham's angry rant and support of Kavanaugh's angry rant turned things around, and I think the Republicans were ready to forge ahead. They were all very nice about Ford, although it was this sort of uh, tautological kind of thing in which they'd said, well, she sounds very sincere, she's a great witness, but this is a political plot and a bunch of garbage, as Lindsey Graham put it today. Well, I mean, those two things don't fit. Either she is believable or she's a lying political to one or the other. They're, both things can't be so. But when it looked like they were going to have a vote at 9.30 this morning, they didn't. And then they pushed it back to one thirty this afternoon, and then there was a little and suddenly uh, <clears throat> Jeff Flake, the Republican senator from Arizona, who is an ultra-right-wing conservative, but who's occasionally felt at variance with Trump and some of his policies, said that he would vote for To send the nomination to the floor of the Senate, but he would not vote for the nomination on the Senate floor unless there's a one-week delay for more FBI investigation into, he said, all of the pending allegations, which is an important point because there are three of them, not just one. Uh, he apparently has Lisa Murkowski's support for this. He apparently has Joe Manchin's support. That means that there can't be a final vote if they hold true to that in the Senate on the on the confirmation without further investigation. That can't be done without Donald Trump's approval. Trump has been quoted since all this happened as saying he'll go along with the Senate. Will he? We'll see. Trump's going to be in West Virginia this week where he's, he's going to have one of these big MAGA rallies and expected to put the heat on Joe Manchin. It does now look like at this moment, although I wouldn't predict anything with a certainty, that there is going to be a further FBI inquiry into these variety of allegations, all of which are attested to by sworn statements from three different unconnected women at different times. And interestingly enough, uh, Kavanaugh's testimony yesterday has brought more people out of the woodwork, notably a Yale classmate of Kavanaugh's and a Republican who had stayed silent till this point, but who said he's just lying. And and he lied in, in so many ways about what slang terms meant in high school and about his drinking habits and about what he did and was very nearly caught in perjury, I think, by the special prosecutor because his own calendars, which he offers up as proof of his innocence, in fact, show a house party that fits in the time frame that Christine Ford talked about, and with the people that she said were there. Uh, I, I mean, there's—I know a lot of people thinks it's terrible to bring up high school yearbooks and that sort of thing, but they it did illustrate what a liar and dissembler he's been. Of course, he'd done that on other much more important points. Well, uh, you know, I think I'd still predict he's going to make it through. I'm not sure the FBI investigation, they might cast some more doubt on his credibility. Uh, I think the, the sides are both so, so dug in and the Republicans have the majority that we're going to see him on the Supreme Court lest something happens. Uh, I think the Republicans have hurt themselves with this, uh, with women particularly. I mean, yet again, a woman has come forward with a very believable story and said, well, maybe so, but doesn't matter, white privilege outs. And that was the thing that struck me most about Kavanaugh, the repeated references to him being the basketball captain and, and being a number one student in his high school class. and Getting to
0: Yale with no help.
1: Yale with no help. And, you know, I mean, he is the most entitled, egotistical guy I, I mean, I've ever seen. And, you know, he was a Ken Starr hatchet man, a George Bush hatchet man, you know, supported torture memos. I mean, he's part, talk about conspiracies. I mean, Citizens United, which unleashed dark money, Unleash 15 million dollars of dark money to support his nomination and it's coming out of the same people that want to have a federalist society take over the supreme court and with kavanaugh they'll have it i mean with kavanaugh gorsuch thomas alito and roberts they now have what they want which is corporate control of the, the supreme court and conservative control and you know, that's that's what money does, and there's a reason they're fighting so hard to keep him because he is absolutely one of them. And the notion that, that he if anybody who watched that yesterday thinks he could be an impartial judge, they're kidding themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so let's talk about the local reaction a little bit. Oh, too.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to say Tom Cotton, of course, has been, I mean, and he didn't, even after yesterday, he says, let's vote, let's vote now, and let's put him on there because... He's a cokehead, and he's this is this is his tribe. Uh, John Bozeman has vouched for Kavanaugh earlier, been pretty silent this week, but he's a certain vote for him no matter what. Interesting has been how quiet others have been. Uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson refused my repeated request for a comment on it. French Hill got caught briefly by a reporter in Washington, much to his displeasure, and, and issued just a nothing statement about we need to let the hearings take their course or something. Clark Tucker, his Democratic opponent, issued a very sympathetic statement toward women who've been victims of sexual assault and Christine Ford particularly. Uh, Perhaps he recognizes the idea that maybe even in the suburban areas of central Arkansas, there are some women that are going to be receptive to the notion that you know, enough is enough on white male privilege. Don't know. Uh, Arkansas is still Arkansas. We're slow slow on the curve, but, you know, just our own comments on our page indicate that there's, the, these thoughts have reached some people in Arkansas at least, but he has his usual offenders. Bud Cummins is Republican uh, campaign chair. Trump's campaign chairman in Arkansas is just a steady defender that these women are just peddling lies and political nonsense, which, again... You can believe Brett Kavanaugh, and, and you can believe whoever you want to believe, but the notion that these women don't believe what they're saying and that somehow they've been put up to it, that, that that's what's offensive, is the, the blanket dismissal of women like that.
0: No, definitely. You know, it's, it is very possible that this happened, Kavanaugh doesn't remember it, and believes that it didn't happen, and that's why he's so vociferously fighting against I,
1: it. I, I still believe that is a plausible scenario that he was blackout drunk and did something, stumbling drunk that he doesn't want to remember. Doesn't want to remember. Of course, the big missing piece is his buddy Mark Judge, who's written a book about about being blind, stumbling, and drunk, and doing terrible, terrible things, and whose girlfriend, former girlfriend is prepared to testify before the Senate committee that he related to her his embarrassment about taking part in a gangbang of women when he was in high school that he may have thought was consensual, but was not a method of behavior that you want to have to get on a witness stand and talk about. And, uh, he's been hiding out and, and Kavanaugh repeatedly was asked, why don't you want to have the FBI take a look to clear your name? And he never, 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 when I asked the question, was finally moved to silence and under questioning by Dick Durbin. So, although I I don't necessarily think an investigation is going to resolve this issue, but uh, it certainly would be an impartial look by trained investigators at piecing together facts about some of these things that would be useful.
0: Finally, uh, we should mention... Maybe the worst, certainly local oh. response. And that's from uh, State Senator Missy Irvin of Mountain View, who just tweeted in the middle of it, Emmett Till.
1: In response to Kavanaugh being called a test just said Emmett Till, which the clear implication was that, that Kavanaugh's being lynched, like the young black man in Mississippi who was killed by... Segregated- he was
0: actually lynched.
1: He was, he was actually lynched. lynched. He was murdered by segregationists for allegedly whistling at a white woman although body
0: was mutilated
1: yeah and so i mean the the the, it's an imbecilic thing to do and and i called her out on twitter and she took the tweet down and what her 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 comment emmett till was in response to clark tucker's statement of sympathy for the women (coughs) and that drew her to compare brett Kavanaugh to emmett till and whatever else happens to brett Kavanaugh, he remains uh A member of the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, a member of a one of the most expensive country clubs uh, in the D.C. area, and an inhabitant of a million-dollar house, he's not dead and had his privates cut off. It's, It's, I mean, Missy Irvin is just. But this is a woman said, "If if we had gun control, people in Mountain View wouldn't be able to get get meat for their table." So, I mean, she has a history of saying really stupid stuff.
0: It's just kind of hard to believe. Okay, moving on, uh, let's talk a little bit about some election issues. Two separate special masters assigned by the state Supreme Court uh, concluded in two different ways on on, uh, petitions. Uh, One said there were uh, insufficient numbers for the term limits. Amendment, and one said that the minimum wage could proceed. Because
1: yeah, two different special masters, and and they looked at the evidence a little bit differently. I think there were more problems with the term limits signatures. This is all about ticky rules that were passed a few years ago to make it very hard to use paid canvassers. You have to comply with background checks and residency and notarized signatures, and and it was it was designed specifically to discourage paid popular petition campaigning and it worked on the term limits amendment didn't work on minimum wage uh at least so far the supreme court will review both those decisions they could uphold both of them reverse both of them we don't yet know in a way i'm kind of sorry they didn't i'm not sorry they didn't reverse the minimum wage because i think we need it on the ballot we need to pass it but uh david couch who's the attorney who oversaw that petition campaign said if they did overturn his petitions on the ground that they they didn't comply with some of the ticky parts of the signature law that he was going to file a federal court lawsuit that this was this was a violation of equal pro, of equal protection and unconstitutional it's really very simple these rules apply only to people who are paid not to people who are unpaid all of these things that are supposed to protect ballot integrity we assume for volunteers but not for people who are paid and have supervisors i mean in a funny way this sort of runs counter to citizens united i mean it's like punishing people with money for once rather than coddling them but nonetheless it's it's a good argument this is just an effort to make it harder to reach the ballot for one special class and they're in the justification for it if anything I think the paid canvassers show that they work harder to follow the rules than the volunteer groups do.
0: For people who haven't fallen closely, uh, explain how the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce has been involved in the ballot process. They they were in the fat middle of both of these. Well, they're, right? they're everywhere.
1: Not, the this Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce, which represents the state's major industries and is a hugely well-funded lobby, uh, has, is the driving force behind issue one, which is to place a limit on damages and lawsuits, place a limit on attorney's fees, and to strip the Arkansas Supreme Court of rulemaking authority in favor of the legislature. They want the corporations, through their lobbying efforts in the legislature, to be able to control the courts. Uh, they oppose term limits and were successful so far in knocking it off the ballot because they own most of the people in the legislature and they don't want this term limits law, which would set a 10 year limit and pretty well clean the legislature out of some of its worst and most corporate friendly members within two years time. They didn't want that to happen. They of course are spending to try and knock the minimum wage increase off the ballot because uh, well, they'd have to pay their workers more and they don't, they don't want to do that. Uh, that's not the only place they're intervening. They're also uh, intervening, uh, trying to. Uh, uh, oh wait, no, I'm, I'm confused. I'm confused. They're, they're, they haven't intervened in the voter ID suit, uh, but that's that's another that's another issue out there. But <clears throat> that's uh, you know, I, I, they're they're just trying to protect what they've won through a lot of money before, so.
0: Okay, well, that's a good segue to talk about our last topic, and that's corruption in the state legislature. Uh, you wrote a long blog post on Sunday uh, outlining a bunch, in part because of, in response to uh, some some pieces in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette over Sunday. Mike Wicklon had a great piece uh, on how former Democrat Joe Jett loaned former Speaker of the House Jeremy Gillum $16,000 just before Jett switched parties and became chair of the Influential Tax and Revenue Committee. And then there was also a column in which Bob Ballinger, the state representative from uh, North Arkansas who was running for Senate, used a, a painful extended pimple-popping metaphor. Oh, that
1: was disgusting.
0: In his lame opinion piece about how he and other Arkansas Republicans were restoring the sanctity of the legislature after democrats had despoiled it or something like that well
1: the hypocrisy and and corruption just doesn't ever seem to end i mean this this joe jet's loan wasn't disclosed loans are supposed to be disclosed they came up with some cock and bull story that it was a farm to farm loan and not a real commercial loan garbage and joe jet who's a nice guy and in in many ways said, well, this is just helping out a friend. Well, you just don't help out friends this way. Just, this is just like when a friendly lobbyist helped out Jake files. Turns out that, uh, Jim Hendren who proclaims himself suddenly as an ethical paragon in the Senate loaned money to, uh, another crooked legislator for a time, Jake files, when he had the shorts back when he was stealing state money that, that Hendren helped him get for his misbegotten project in Fort Smith. And for Bob Ballinger to talk about morality and, and, and fighting corruption when his law partner uh, is representing the crooked Ecclesia college kickback scheme, when he helped Ecclesia get all this money.
0: Remember, it's, it's Ecclesia.
1: You know, but except I heard some other people say I don't know. I, we need to definitively work. I've heard it both I, ways. I think
0: Ballinger has told us that it's Ecclesia. Oh,
1: himself has. Well, yeah. okay, Ecclesia, whatever the hell that is. But he's gotten paid money out of the ill-gotten gains to do legal work for him. Uh, he uh, he and Story are big pals and have done business with a guy that got uh, one of the marijuana cultivation permits after Travis Story got put on the marijuana commission by who else, crooked Jeremy. Gilliam, and I say crooked in the sort of morally corrupt way. I don't mean criminally corrupt. He's been charged with no crimes. He got out of the legislature after he'd done enough favors for UCA to get hired as a a $130,000-a-year lobbyist. I mean, we've had, what, seven people indicted or charged, but the number that have been found in the middle of smelly stuff goes on almost beyond count. Most of them, not entirely, but most of them currently Republicans. They got in power, and they set about quickly the business of cashing in. There's a whole floating gang of unemployed legislators out there who live off their legislative salary per diem and the freebies you get from being there. Some of them have set up these bogus consulting companies in which they get paid by people with interest at the legislature for their valuable expertise. This is why I came around on term limits and why I'm sorry it got knocked off the ballot. I think the only hope is just to throw them all out. We'll lose a few good ones, but by far we'll throw out rot. We may get new rot, but at least they won't have learned all the crooked ways yet
0: okay well let's leave it there is then... that mad enough mm-hmm. I mean I
1: just still get mad thinking about it Yeah. I er, Ernie wrote a pretty good history uh, Ernie Dumas I recommend his column that followed up on that with some of the history of of, of uh, <clears throat> corruption in Arkansas he notes that there, there weren't any convictions during the Clinton era for any crooked legislators I'm sure there were some by the way don't get me wrong
0: uh, alright let's move on to endorsements what do you got this week
1: Oh, not much. I, I I did start watching a new FX series, Mister In Between, which is an Australian series on a, a hit man with whose heart is partly black and partly heart of gold, and it's it has no redeeming social value, but it's kind of amusing.
0: Okay, well I'll stick to TV, and I I still have the last episode to finish, so maybe my judgment will will change. But forever, the new Netflix show starring Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. I thought it was quite good and different from you know every other 30 minute dramedy that's out there, <coughs> uh, certainly tonally, and the, the look of it. Uh, it'd be kind of a spoiler to talk about much more than it's about a married couple, um, played by Rudolph and Armisen, and it's by one half of the um folks who do Master of None, not Aziz Ansari, the other guy, Alan Yang, and it has some some similarities to that. So check it out.
1: Well, for comedy, I want to recommend Wally Hall. Last week, he put out a tweet that said Arkansas was the better team in the game against Auburn. (laughs) I mean, after we
0: covered the 30 point spread,
1: (laughs) but, and then also, but today he predicted also we're going to beat Texas A&M. So
0: he's, he's just, he's become an optimist.
1: (laughs) As I say, all right. God, Oh, but, go on twitter i can't tell you how to find it but well you
0: can go on the arkansas blog
1: go on the arkansas blog and there's a there's a viral twitter today that's just exploding that 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 mashes up uh Samuel Jackson and uh Brett Kavanaugh you got to see it
0: okay well come back next week we'll be here have a good one
1: All right